Okay, everybody, welcome today. Uh, my name is J.G. Glick. I'm with the Indiana Society of Association Executives. Uh, we focus on the interests and needs of the community of the association professionals in the state. And uh, it is a great day. We're also joined by uh, Mike Reynolds from ISAE. Hello, Michael. Hey, Jay. Good to be here, as always. Yep, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, also, our, our featured guest today, I just want to welcome uh, Dave Stevens. Dave, welcome. Hey, thanks, Jay. Yeah, Dave is uh, an association uh, marketer, communicator, custom programmer, friend, thought leader. He's got all kinds of good stuff going on with him. And we've known each other for a long time, and he's been a great friend of ISAE over the years. And we are just thrilled to have you to talk today about association trends. So, Dave, uh, not everybody knows you as well as maybe I do, or maybe there's some secrets still left in your past that you can share with us, but maybe you could share just a little about yourself before we kick off today's subject. Sure. Uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, um, I'm a former brand manager at Procter & Gamble, so I have that kind of classic marketing background, um, but that, you know, that was a long time ago, and since then, uh, we've been involved with every new media that's come along over the past, you know, five months, five years, 15 years, it seems like. We, uh, we work with a, approximately 100 associations per year at Stevens & Stevens, and they really span from coast to coast. And it's, it's kind of interesting. You'll get the same question. You, you know, you think we're all kind of isolated in our little pods, but I'll get the same question from someone in Boston and someone in San Francisco and it's nice being able to put the two together or to share what we've learned from one association with another association. Um, that said there are some huge differences between the associations as they pertain to the type of professional society and whatnot. So we'll, we'll talk about that some as we go along but it, needless to say we um, we work with uh, a lot of associations. We work with a lot of marketing issues. And as you noted, we also are vertically integrated for associations in that we provide programming services and design services uh, along with those marketing services. That's great, Dave. Thanks. Um, you also, I, I, do you still dream of like laundry detergent and, you know, <laughs> different kinds of toothpaste and stuff like that? Or What's this? I haven't heard this. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, <laughs> exactly. So Dave's a former, was it laundry detergent, right? You were with so, uh, yes, so the largest, you know, I tell people, um, and I do a lot of presentations, that, and I know Michael does as well, and, and you kind of get into some of the, you know, you see where people laugh at you, and then you repeat that in each presentation. <laughs> you know, I tell people that I work for the largest, most profitable, most important brand in Procter & Gamble. And then I ask them to guess what it is, and they go through all the sexy brands. They're like, was it Pantene, you know? Was it uh, CoverGirl? Was it, and they go down this whole list, and, and I said, okay, uh, okay, we're going to have to take a different tack on this. So, it, and it was Tide Detergent. So um, Tide Detergent really helps to determine the stock price for Procter & Gamble. I mean, it's that important. It's a hugely expensive product. It is incredibly boring 
But if Jay, if we get into this and you want to talk about any of your really tough laundry things, <laughs> hey, without have laundry detergent, no. we all end up smelling bad. That's right. right. This is a critical thing in our lives. Uh, Michael and I have got stains from the children in our lives, so yeah, we're still trying to get those out. I, yeah, I, I, I hear you. A little, I tease a little bit. Let's make sure that we get to to association trends. Sure. Dave, you're a marketing guy from way back when. I really resonate with that because I'm a marketing guy, and it, I think I have the heart of a marketer. I'm constantly thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, you watch the environment uh, regularly and I guess I, I want to start off with a, maybe a little easier question like where are the places you look to see where trends are coming from before we jump into some of the association trends? Is it all just you doing the consulting and hearing that or are there other places that you take a look for that kind of stuff? You know, there's some there's some nice ag aggregators of information. ASAE does a great job of aggregating that information yeah. and um, and their daily email that comes out is a nice way to peruse a lot of information very quickly. Honestly, out of the 10 items they put out, there's probably only one that I'll find interesting in, in a given day, but it's a great way to cover um, a large scope of information. I'm interviewed periodically by different association publications, so I hear from them as well, and they kind of let me know what is hot or, or what is uh, not important at that point. Uh, and of course, social media covers a whole whole range of things. It's uh, you really have to dig in a little bit more, and you have to cut through some of the chaff to get to the to the really good information. Um, and then just doing a what we call a an, not an environmental scan, but kind of a web scan on a periodic basis, where you search for news about associations, but also you're looking for specific topics, and you just see if there's anything hot that moves on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are three or four really great ones. Michael, you're a big trend watcher too. Any other suggestions? Yeah, Google uh, Alerts is my friend. Uh, social media is where I get most of my information. I like to group things sometimes by lists and kind of kind of follow people and group them into lists based on the information they share. So I think right. social media and Google Alerts is where most of my, I guess, timely new stuff comes from. Comes you, have, to, you have keywords that you look for in the Google Alerts that you just let all yeah. that, let the, yeah. let, the, let the tools work for you kind of thing. One that, I, one, one that I do regularly, this sounds really maybe a little odd and a little old school, but you know, you get a lot of convention kind of brochures. And even if I'm not going to go to the convention, I still flip through just to see what the topics are that are helpful. And I think that, that helps bring some of the, the trend information, or at least, hmm, I don't know what that is. I better pay attention to that. Well, Dave, that's, uh, that's great. Michael, thanks for chiming in there. Um, okay, so Dave, let's get to the crux. So let, let me hear a couple of trends that you have seen regularly or that you're hearing repeated and maybe we can talk a little bit and we can take maybe one at a time until we run out of our time here, which is short, but just tell me a little bit about, you know, what uh, what trends you're seeing. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm going to cover two different areas that are, are, are very different, but probably of great interest to the leadership or the reader, uh, sorry, the listenership. Um, and one of those really comes down to a question that I, I get frequently. I get the question of, do you know of any jobs that are available for association executives? <laughs> And on the other hand, uh, can you can you line me up with any people that are good association executives? And this started to become, you know, it's been a hot topic forever. If you look at some of the uh, the associations with whom we work, and including ISAE, the job posting board is a really really hot item. So even among association executives, one of the hottest pages on the ISAE website 
is the jobs board. Probably not surprising, but um, but nevertheless, it's been hot even when the economy is good, uh, not just in 2008, 2009. But I would say around 2007, I heard a, from a whole bunch of association executives, so older uh, executive directors, they were saying they were getting ready to retire. And then the economy tanked, and they put those plans on hold. Shortly around, uh, shortly after 2011, 2012, 2013, they started to warm up to the idea of retiring again, especially because mm -hmm. at that point they were about 104 years old. Um, but they, they finally did push the button. They did retire. And that opened up a large number of leadership positions. And if you look around at, at many associations around the country, they have relatively young uh, association leadership, which is pretty exciting. Which, and I think it's really it's helpful to bring in that, that new energy and some new perspective as well. I think that's slowed down a little bit right now, and I, I don't know what you're seeing, you know, in the dental associations. Jay, any, any perspective there? Well, I do, and I, man, Dave, you lead with like a boom kind of topic uh, because it's, so just uh, having this generational change is a big thing, and it's not just at the top. It is all throughout the organization. Volunteer-wise, we're seeing that. There's kind of ripple effects there. Um, we're going through some real growing pains with how do we move from one guard to the next guard um, in volunteers. And uh, they think differently. They look at their volunteer opportunities differently. Um, you know, I, uh, I've said this before. Um, you know, my boss is probably listening right now, but I get calls regularly. Hey, Jay, are you willing to move from this place to this place right away? And, uh, you know, I'm kind of at a place in my career where I, uh, I can't move, uh, but, you know, it's not out of the realm. We've talked about it, and he's like, Jay, you're, you know, exec material, but uh, that's, that's a big thing. So if you're free and you're able to move, you're seeing lots of opportunities open up. I would agree that we're seeing it. Um, you know, where I, maybe the first 10 years, maybe one job came open in 10 years. In the last five years, probably 10 jobs have come open. So it's really changed a lot, and I think we're, we're seeing a lot more of that. But again, the same kind of trend stuff where, you know, just this changing of uh, generation from one to the next. I, I didn't realize I was going to have a front row seat to get to watch some of this kind of yeah, stuff. So. Yeah, no, exactly. So, you know, you talk about the volunteer side. I think that's a, that's an important point, and that really carries over to the other major area in which we've seen a lot of changes, and that is in the whole membership recruitment and retention mm -hmm. focus. Uh, you know, I think a lot of associations, what's the old saying, when the, when the tide goes out, you can find out who was swimming naked. Um, <laughs> great saying for the stock market probably but it applies to association programming as well when the when the economy went down I think a lot of associations realized that they were putting out a lot of association programs or benefits or services that they had been using for years and years and they really honestly they they weren't compelling they weren't the main reason that someone would join it may, may not have even been a secondary reason why someone would join so I think that there's been a greater, a sharper focus on the value proposition for associations, and they have realized here are the few reasons why someone really needs to be a member, and we can get rid of maybe either the focus on or at least, or even throw out the other programs that we just we don't want, we have no need for. Uh, and it, I think that's also been skewed by that by the new generation coming in. 
there have been some some interesting studies that have kind of made associations feel bad and then also feel good and one of those studies was done a few years ago by Smith Buckland Associates up in Chicago which said the younger generation will not join at the same rate that the older generation the outgoing generation had joined when they were that age however if you can show them a compelling personal benefit in why they should join then they will join in even greater numbers or wow. even greater rates than that older generation had joined so it's you know and we've talked about this I think you and I for years as well it's not enough anymore to simply say will you join it's right. not enough to say here are the dates of the convention right they really need to understand what their personal benefit is even if they're part of a trade association they still need to know why they need to be engaged so what are you seeing yeah. there yeah I, I would agree um, you know the conversation is uh, much more about now um, what am I going to do tonight but there's what am I not going to do tonight and I think in associations it's similar where there's hundreds of options and in fact um, you know with technology today it's you no longer have to go to the convention you can get all that knowledge base uh, electronically so so somebody who's um, got this you know a little bit of skill and not even a little bit of skill very little skill can gather together kind of in the association for themselves and they build it themselves and they've got vendors who are providing the CE and maybe they're going out and they've got a knowledge base or they've got a small you know group of colleagues that they get together with regularly on a Google Hangout or, or some other uh, opportunity so yeah I'm, I'm seeing that regularly with our with our dentists let alone nationally and, and in this state as well too yeah you know, well, let, let me, Sorry, let me, let me say along those lines, sure. I've, you know, periodically I get that phone call and someone says, I want to start an association, which, <laughs> you know, you probably don't get many of those phone calls because no, dentistry has <laughs> been around for a long time, but there are new fields emerging and new markets and new opportunities. And it, it is amazing because when you consider the, the origin stories of most associations that are out mm -hmm. there, and now these guys are simply saying, well, I, I just need a website and, you know, maybe some Google AdWords and, you know, mm -hmm. email campaign and I'll just have my friends kind of float that around and we'll, we'll do something that's a little bit viral and we'll get it going. And scary enough, it actually works for them. And the yeah. implications for the existing associations that have a huge infrastructure are that it becomes very difficult to compete and to move at the same speed. I'll, I'll give you a classic example among the medical societies and you may see this some on the dental side uh, but I've seen it in the veterinary associations the medical associations and the dental associations as well and that is the subspecialties can be grown and focused on and become very important to those folks who want to understand that particular area and develop that expertise and be around very like-minded people as opposed to dealing with the very general, you know, broad swath uh, legislative issues or other things that just aren't as of much interest to them or are at least not as appealing when they're very limited in their time. They essentially choose, you can choose one and they choose specialty. Yeah.
Well, those two big trends are a big deal. So, Dave, uh, our members come to us uh, not just to help identify the problems or, or get poked in the eye by a, an association problem, but so what would you suggest to some of us? Like, uh, you know, you've got, you know, our ear now. We've heard these couple of trends. What are some things that you would be like, hey, you've got to pay attention and think about these kind of things? Yeah, I, I think the first one along those lines is they need to as an association executive or association staff member, you really need to simplify and focus down on those one or two things that can truly move the association forward in terms of membership, recruitment, and retention. It's usually not eight things people are joining the association for. It's usually just one or two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I, if I hear anything from association executives, it is we don't have enough time. We don't have enough budget. Well, you know what? You need to throw away everything that's not truly important to the association because if you don't focus on those, a competitor, be it for-profit, be it online, or be it another association is going to come in and focus like a laser beam on those areas, and they're going to steal your members because they don't have your infrastructure or your overhead. Yeah, they'll they'll kind of, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. It doesn't have to be one big competing organization, but maybe... 20 little organizations that only take the, the little laser beam focus that that particular member or that interest that member has, and then all of a sudden they're gone. That's great advice. Right. Are, the, other, the other thing I think that, and Michael's probably seeing this, is they also realize that they have a need for expertise that is probably beyond that expertise which they can find either in their younger staff members or their older staff members that have been around for some period of time. They need to move quickly and dive in an area and you know they, they outsource be it marketing or communications or or you know web development programming whatever it is because I think whereas they used to have large IT departments where they used to have large communications staff they they realized that with the unemployment rate dropping and with all of the retirements going on that they really can't pay and hold on to the people that they would normally need in those mm. positions. Um, as someone once said to me, you know, if they're if they're good enough to be able to actually get the job done, we can't afford to keep them on as a full-time <laughs> staff person. So, you know, <laughs> so what they do is they they'll say, bad. here's a project that's going to last a few, you know, it's going to last a few days or a few weeks, and we need to send in an expert and get it done, and then you know let us focus on you know, bigger picture association issues, strategy, mm -hmm. not not to the implementation of everything. Yeah, let you guys uh, who are great partners and vendors and, and people who have expertise in an area uh, take care of that process part of it while we're taking care of maybe the, you know, the, the primary value proposition that our members are dealing with. That's That's great. Wow, this has been a lot. Um, there's there's a lot going on there. Uh, Dave, just uh, some parting thoughts here. We, we've got just a couple of minutes left. I don't want to uh, cut you off, but I definitely want to make sure that you feel like uh, you had your say. What a, Any other topics, trends, any other suggestions you would want to give to the listening audience? Now, you know, I, I it's funny. The... the um I get to have lunch with some some association executives here in town that have a national reach and some consultants and whatnot. Even even among the the best of the best in the association business, they realize that change is coming 
quickly and that it's hard wrapping your mind around it. Um, I, I, you know, I would encourage people to make sure they actively participate in ISAE, that they do the information gathering. Um, you know, one of my, one of my, I don't know if it's my favorite website out there, but it's an interesting website. It's thought provoking is a, a site called Association Contrarian, where Jeff DeCania has always talked about, oh, yeah. you know, you don't need members, you know, uh, and, and so there are lots of ideas, but I think it's important to try to carve out a little bit of time to focus on these ideas. You know, I don't want someone to just listen to the podcast and say, oh, that's brilliant. We need to simplify, we need to outsource, <laughs> we need to do whatever. And then they get back in the grind and, you know, two years later they're thinking, boy, I, sh I sh should do something. I, yeah. You got to get out of that. You got to get out of the grind. You got to step back a little bit. Well, uh, that parting advice is kind of embodies why I'm a Dave Stevens fan. And so, Dave, I just want to thank you for being here. I want to remind our ISAE audience, uh, Indiana Association Executives uh, is here to provide this kind of information that are of interest and needs to that community. Uh, Dave's uh, company, Stevens and Stevens, is worth taking a look at if you're in the need for uh, some marketing communications help. Dave, you did a great job. I really appreciate it. And uh, Michael, thank you for helping us out uh, with some of the technical stuff. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jay. See you next time.